Welcome back to Matt's Music, your favorite Christian rock and alternative show. Coming up tonight, we have a special interview with Nate Parrish, as well as new music from Empty Isles and Idol Achiever, as well as a good old classic from Hawk Nelson. First up, we have Reliant K with Pink Talks.
That was Empty Isles right here on Matt's Music. Coming up next, we have Nate Parrish, Politicians and Celebrities. Down the hill from Hollywood Beyond the walls of Washington The rest of us just wait Tell us what to think Tell us what to say Politicians and celebrities They're scripting our reality Where it means to their end These people aren't your friends They just play them with politicians and celebrities. Right now, we're going to go to an excerpt of an interview that I recently did with him. You can check out the full thing online at mattsmusic.ca. With your album, fantastic album, by the way. I've Thanks. listened Thank to you. it probably 10 times. Oh, awesome. Yeah. One thing I noticed after multiple listens 
is that it seems that you write songs to process your thoughts. Is that accurate? Absolutely. The project really started because somehow I had found myself in the Christian music world. I'm not opposed to it. It's just, I never thought that's where I'd be, you know, kind of growing up being in punk rock bands and Mm -hmm. psychobilly bands and everything that's not a typical Christian genre. Uh, But somehow, you know, I'm, we're dying for a kingdom colors. Like, how did I do that? The years had gone by and I realized, man, I, I haven't really sat down and just like written whatever came out of my mind for the sole purpose of just writing it. You know what I mean? It was always like writing a worship song and then thinking, okay, can I sing this on a Sunday morning? Are people going to relate to it? Whatever and stuff you have to think about mm-hmm. for corporate worship or whatever. And I had, it's been, it had been so long since I just sat there and wrote, and it was just me saying what I wanted to say and processing my thoughts. It was about May of 2019. I had just done this art project. So I had this chunk of money and I just used it to buy a, a little home setup so I could record at home because I knew the only way I was going to do it is if I could just, just sit down and do it myself. And so um, I started, I would literally sit down and get the guitar and uh, I would just press record and I would just start pounding out chords or whatever. And if I'm like, oh, that's a cool progression. And I would hum a, a melody and play the melody on guitar. And then the lyrics, I had a notebook of just stuff, you know, that I had thought and just written it down. And I, I would look through and find the, something that I had written and be like, oh yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to sing about this. This is relevant. Or um, something would, you know, happen in my world and I would write about it. And I just made a decision that I was going to write uh, whatever I wanted to. Uh, was it going to think about potentially offending someone or catering to someone? I just was going to write whatever. And that's why, you know, the project's Nate Parrish, which, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't have chosen necessarily to call it Nate Parrish. It's like the coolest band name in the world, but it's, it's me. I didn't have like a, you know, like a cool band name to go with it. It's just, it's me. Right? Yeah, so, it's, so. There's no filter. It's just coming straight yeah. from you. Exactly. Yeah. And two of my favorite songs on the album, House of Mirrors and Politicians and Celebrities. Some cool. of the most politically charged on the album. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's weird. I, I don't, I, I don't, I guess I didn't really consider myself a political person. I don't get into Facebook debates or I don't uh, um, make a big deal about who I'm voting for. I don't think I've ever said once in my life anything about like, I'm going to vote for this person. I just don't do that. I just, I'm a, I think we give it a lot more weight than it really deserves, to be honest with you. And so Politicians and Celebrity, that was actually the first song I wrote for this project. And it was because, it very bluntly, like I was just sick of both. And how much, not that they're bad people necessarily, or if you're an, uh, a celebrity that you can't be a good person or you shouldn't say what you think. I just think that the rest of us shouldn't care that much uh, or at all, frankly. And so that's what that song was about. And then house made of mirrors is, is, was a, just a commentary on what I had noticed taking place over the last, it's, you know, it's been, it's been going like that for a year, for years, hundreds of years of, since the beginning of time that we see someone we disagree with or someone that's different than us. And, and it's easier just to write them off as opposed to ask why. And I think more and more in our society, we are so like just set on categorizing the people we disagree with, putting them in a group and then just writing them off. Like, nope, you're against me because we're not the same and uh, I don't even want to talk about it. And it's super dangerous to do that. That's not how you actually progress in a society. So that's that's what that song is about, just addressing that. Um, There's a line where it says, we sharpen our teeth for the reply and the scraping sound is all we hear. Because I don't really think we hear other people anymore. I think we're just waiting to say something back. So... Yeah, and this pandemic has really heightened everything. No oh, one's gosh, getting outside yeah. of their bubble. It's made everything tenfold worse. Absolutely. You, you know, like, you ever get in a, a fight with someone or you think, you know, not even getting in a fight with them, but you just see something that someone's posted, like on Twitter, and you're like, oh, man, I would say this. And then you think, okay, but if I saw them in person, would I actually say that? Nine times out of ten, it's a no. You know, we're, we're real tough guys behind a, a screen. But with the pandemic and like this further separation and withdrawal, we kind of self-radicalize because we don't hear opposing opinions. We're not open to it, but we have, now we don't see them. <laughs> so yes. it's like we're really just living in our own caves. And then we emerge to say something, you know, on Twitter that's just crazy because we're just like 
these we're like we turn into Gollum basically. <laughs> and the precious is like our opinion. And we're just obsessed with it. And we're, and we're scared that someone's gonna try to challenge it or change it or take it. And we just become these little golems, you know, emerging from the darkness. And that's where Twitter that's what Twitter is. <laughs> so. And um you've kind of let us in on your creative process just a little bit, mm-hmm. but how exactly do you proceed? You write the lyrics. What comes next? Do you do the music? Do you do the art? So uh, it's different for different songs. Uh, I think the, the formula, if you will, that I probably use most is I'll sit down and I'll start with chords. Uh, I like to write a progression. There's another thing I, I try to do with this stuff is keep it simple. I don't want to do too much because there's always, you know, oh, what if I add another guitar harmony here? Or what if I mm-hmm. add four more pick slides to this part? You know, there's there's so many stuff you can do, but I'm really trying to keep it simple and let the, the message and the melody come through. So a lot of times I keep the progression the same for the entire song, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like a hearkening back to, um, you know, the Johnny Cash songwriting and stuff like that, where it's just three chords for the whole song, but somehow... He keeps it interesting because you mm-hmm. use dynamics and melody changes and stuff like that. And social distortion is another one of my influences that they do that a lot. They'll they'll do the same progression for the whole song and you won't really notice because of the songwriting is so good. And so I try to, you know, not go overboard with, with making it too crazy. I want to keep that those punk roots. But I'll write a progression and then I'll uh, track that and then I'll do like a, uh, usually like a lead line to, to kind of pick out a melody that I might sing. And then I, what I do is I, uh, I'll export that and I'll actually play it in the car while I'm driving and I'll sing stuff to it. Like I was working on one today, I was just driving around singing the guitars that I had tracked whenever I get to a stoplight. Uh, if I, a lot of times I have thoughts when I'm driving, I'll uh, text it or voice text or whatever. I'll just make sure I take it down in notes and the songs kind of go from there. You know, sometimes it's weird. Like he'll be just singing a song and words will just come out and you don't know where they came from. Okay, I don't know why I was saying that, but it works. And sometimes you just stick with that and develop that. Like politicians and celebrities, for example, was very, very straightforward. I had uh, the chords. I played the melody on guitar. And then I was like, I need to write a song about politicians and celebrities. And that's what I'll call it. <laughs> so, yeah, and that just kind of goes from there. So you recently you announced that you'd signed with Indivision Music. And yeah. you'll be dropping a new single later this month. Yeah. Can we expect more of the same punk influence societal commentary as I'm a Wreck? So the interesting thing about I'm a Wreck is technically I started writing that album and my first single was released in June of last year. So it's already, some of the songs are already over a year old. Mm-hmm. So I've been writing pretty much nonstop since. So I, I have in some capacity another full album of songs that are, if not done, you know, mostly done. And so I reached out to Brandon from IndieVision just to ask his opinion. Hey, I got some songs, what do you think? And he's like, well, I'd love to put out whatever you want to put out next. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So um, the song Bullets and Blades, you know, typically when you release an album, you kind of want to sit on it, you want to wait, you, you want to let people digest it first before you bring out another pizza. But I just feel like times are so crazy and not that I have like this important voice, but I, I, for me, even if it's just for my, my own sanity, like I have this stuff that I need to get out. I want to keep creating. And so, uh, yeah, I was like, I just want to put out a song right now. Um, it kind of addresses the, you know, kind of the, the war that we're put in. And I just want to put that out. And uh, we'll, we'll do probably an EP in 2021. I might wait till like spring-ish. It's hard because like a lot of the songs are done or, you know, like I said, kind of done. And so I'm like, oh yeah, I just want people to hear it. Yeah. But they haven't even heard my first album. So <laughs> yeah, the waiting game is tough. But um, I figured, you know, if I could release a single and then, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. You get production help from your brother-in-law? Yeah, I do. Uh, so Rachel's brother, Matt, uh, Math Bishop, he works for a producer named Jackknife Lee in uh, Los Angeles. He has a Grammy for like, How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb from U2. They've worked with, man, tons of bands. AFI, Neil Diamond. They did some work on uh, Taylor Swift's Red Album. So my brother actually has a Grammy nomination for that. Uh, he's an engineer for this producer. Nice. So he's great. 
and he's super, super chill dude. I've worked with him for a long time. Me and my, my wife did a worship album about five years ago that we did with him at Rachel's grandma's house. <laughs> so, so basically I will track stuff at my house and then I'll send it to him and he mixes and, and masters. So he makes and master that whole first album. I think he did a, a really good job. And with that latest album you released, you pretty much did music video for every song. Pretty much. That was another commitment I made was I was going to release a single and a music video every month. So for the first, I think I released six singles total. And almost everyone had a video. I think I skipped uh, Christmas because I did permanence around that time and I didn't do a video for that. But yeah, I really like making music videos. I have a group of friends. So in the video, you'll see... uh, the drummer, bass player, and guitar player. So the bass player, Jason, he actually is tracked on the album. He'll play bass on most of the songs and play some BGBs. The other two guys are friends of mine. We play in worship together on Sunday mornings, but um, they haven't tracked the album. I track all the guitars and everything. And the drums are actually done mostly by Ethan Luck. He's like, his red. yeah, he's played for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, our group of guys, we get together on Mondays and we watch like really bad horror movies, usually on VHS. <laughs> Uh, just for the nostalgia of it. And that's my group of guys. So uh, my buddy, Andrew, he helps me with the videos. So like the video for Monsters is is actually shot in actual VHS. It's not a filter. Okay. It's an actual Panasonic uh, wow. camcorder. Because <laughs> we, we have an affinity for like old school movies with like practical effects and fog machines and things like that. So yeah, so I just love it. It's another you know way to bring some artistic vision into the, into the music. Right. Have you ever had the idea to animate a music video? Yeah, actually, um, so Bullets and Blades, I really wanted to do a music video. So I don't know if you saw the little teaser. So I animated that. And so I'm thinking I'm going to do this next one as an animation, uh, maybe like a hybrid, like half you know footage of, of us playing or me playing and then some animation. But yeah, that's always been a thing I, I really want to do. It's just, you know, it's time consuming and not all the songs like lend towards an animation, but right. uh, Politicians and celebrities have some animation in it, but yeah, I, th- I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go, go for it. With everything that you do, how has the quarantine affected it? Quite a lockdown in California, as I understand. Yeah, lockdown uh, in California is different. Um, the good news is, as soon as we figure out the cure for death, uh, we will be able to. That's Jesus, it. though. So, uh, <laughs> oh no, Gavin Newsom's deciding it, so it's, it's not. Jesus, oh, okay, so, sorry. Uh, it's some sort of. I'm sure it's some sort of uh, medicine. So it's a little different here, obviously, but uh, the quarantine, it's a, it's a scary thing. Uh, actually, the song Hope, which is the last song on the album, it was not on the album. I wrote it in April, kind of in the thick of the quarantine. <laughs> I had another song that was going to be on the album, and I scrapped it, and I wrote and recorded Hope and put it in on the, on the album. That song was written in, in direct uh, kind of reaction to the quarantine and just all the other terrible stuff that happens on planet Earth during this during 2020. But um, yeah, so that was a positive thing that came out of the quarantine. But it uh, it definitely allowed me to you know focus in on you know the album and finishing it. I wish I could get out and play shows. That's a huge bummer. But hopefully soon, man. Uh, hopefully soon we'll get out and play. It's cool doing like the whole quarantine style thing, but yeah, it's not the same. You also had uh, quite a momentous thing happen in your life during the quarantine. I did. You became a father. I became the father. Yeah. Uh, my son Bishop was born in July 26 and uh, he's cute as a button. Yeah, man, that's cr- that's pretty crazy too. I, you know, we, we had been married for a while and we weren't really we were kind of like, if we have a kid, that's cool. If we don't, that's cool too. And it was weird too, because I, I have the song on the album, Things My Father Taught Me. It's just ironic now, right? Yeah. <laughs> I made that music video and then I found out I was having a kid like a month later. Yeah, so uh, maybe he'll make an appearance in the music video. Maybe that's what I'll do with the, ne- the next music video, honestly. And it will be hugely popular. It will just be a video of him being cute. <laughs> I think I'll just do that. I'll get a million streams. Dude, this. <laughs> He's cute. I know everyone says, oh, my baby's cute. But for reals, dude, my baby is cute. <laughs> you mentioned how long you've been in the music game, the music mm-hmm. industry. And as the ever-struggling artist, has it become easier or harder 
with the introduction of the streaming services and the ease of which people can access and find your music to either get people aware or just make money? Oh, the, the money thing is just, it's not, it's, I don't even consider it to be honest with you. <laughs> so I, uh, I know. So when I did this project, I was, you know, I, I paid for it myself. Um, I have no intentions of making money, uh, mm-hmm. with it. It'd be cool, but I just was like, yeah, <laughs> it's just purely, it's going to sound cheesy, but it's purely for the love of music, uh, and, and creating. So I don't have aspirations of making money, um, like that off music, but, um, with streaming and stuff, you know, I, it's weird. This album, I figured no one would hear it, to be honest with you. I got CDs made and I did its full production on it. Like I just, cause I wanted to do it, you know, I'm going to do it. I want to do it. I, all that stuff. And, uh, just asking people, Hey, uh, you want to check out my album? Uh, maybe give it a review. And I get, I, people responded to me and I got feedback and it was all really positive. I was actually really surprised. Indivision was one of the ones I had emailed them a few times and it didn't respond. And I was like, that's weird. Uh, I, Cause I was like, I think they'll like this. Mm-hmm. Cause I've been following that website for a long time. My other bands were in it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I think they're gonna dig this. And I heard nothing. So I tried on Instagram randomly one night and Brandon listened to it and he wrote this review. It was just like glowing review and it blew me away. I was like, wow, you, you like it, that's great. Um, and then other websites started paying attention and was getting reviewed and podcasts and stuff. So. In a way, um, for me personally, as a person who uh, is not living off of music, it's been good because I just want people to hear it. Honestly, I don't care how. I just want people to hear it and I want to be able to keep doing it. And so if you want to buy a CD, that's rad. That helps me literally just produce the next song. So, yeah, man, it's uh, I think it depends who you ask, you know, like bands that are doing it full time. And that's their job. Like I'm not touring, obviously. Cutlass is not touring right now, but um, it it hurts you. It does for sure. Um, it's just easy to, as an artist, you know, it's easy to assume that oh, you're an artist, you just draw pictures. It's fun, right? Why would you charge me for fun? It's like yeah, it is fun. It also takes twelve hours, you know. <laughs> or uh, oh, music. You just yeah, music. I could just rip it off some website. It's just music. Yeah, it is just music. But I also paid like to get it on these websites or I paid a musician to play for it or, you know, I paid to get CDs made. You know, I think people forget that sometimes they think it's just like magic. You just write a song and somehow it gets produced and on the internet. Some people have no concept of why you need to pay for music. Yeah. And you know, if you like a band, dude, um, buy their stuff. It, it, and if you want to continue to hear from them, you got to support them. You know, it's no one is giving us hands out handouts. Nope. There's no, there's no bailout for me musicians. None of that stuff. We just want to rock, man. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, a lot of your core audience, I believe, would be in America. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot, but also a lot in um, uh, Brazil. I was looking at my demographics, you know, checking out the demographics. You got you to gotta stay <laughs> on top of these things, the analytics, you know, just seeing where the audiences are. Yeah, United States, but but Spain is like a close second. Interesting. Yeah, Canada, Australia, United Kingdom. So, yeah, like I said, it's without streaming and and all that kind of stuff. I don't think they would hear it, but there you go. So, there's an upside to it for sure. Uh, for the whole supporting the artist, I love buying digital. I also yeah. I still love a physical CD. I know. That's that's my favorite thing: physical CD, vinyl in my hands i love it the inserts like people spend a lot of time on the inserts and Mm -hmm. just making the album look nice so i like to i like to see that and plus sometimes there's fun little things in there yeah absolutely you know with we were asking about the artwork before uh when when does the artwork come into play um so each song on the album has its own icon you know they all have their own um logo, I guess you could say. Right. And so I took time doing all that. And so when the CD, um, it's like a digipack. So it has all those little icons in there and it has like all the lyrics and everything. It's just, that was one of my favorite things about uh, getting a CD was, was reading all the lyrics and then seeing who played what and then what bands they like. You know, that's how you mm-hmm. found other bands. Yeah. <laughs> so like, oh, you like this band? I'll check them out. But, um, and just as an artist, I wanted to 
it's just another way to um, be creative with the music. So I definitely got uh, physical CDs made. I actually have one vinyl at home. Um, I'm working on it. Uh, Vinyl is something I definitely want to do. That was one of my dreams was to have my album on vinyl. And uh, so I have one right now. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm working on how to make that available um, because vinyl is pricey, you know? And uh, so definitely trying to make that work. And um, that's uh, that's something that I love to buy. But as a Canadian, (laughs) I Uh, hate to buy because shipping is so darn expensive. I Dude. went I went to check out I was actually going to buy your album just before this. Like okay. buy a physical copy. Shipping is $70. On my Etsy store? On the Etsy store. It's just about no. 70 bucks. No. Hey, just give me No, we'll work it out. We'll talk off air. Okay. Okay. We'll take care of it. Back to the interview. Oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> At the beginning, I said there would be two or a few just random questions that completely derail the entire interview. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> was, it the, was it shipping to Canada? Was it, was not, <laughs> it was not shipping to Canada. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you've uh, been to my website or not. If you have, you might know what the next question is. In a fight, who would win? An emu or an ostrich? How dare you? You're gonna make me choose an emu? An emu or an ostrich? Oh, so when you say emu, you are you referring to the second largest bird native to Australia? Yes. While the ostrich, for example, just happens to be the largest bird native to Africa. Yes, I'm referring mm-hmm. to so that's the what you're largest to? one, uh, the largest native <laughs> African bird, and the emu who won a war against the Australian government. Wow. And the emus, uh, of course, as, as you know, have three toes, and they can reach up to 30 miles per hour. But the ostrich, on the other hand has two toes, and they can reach up to 40 miles an hour. Oh, that's interesting. Emus have actually displayed, in their uh, war against Australia, they displayed advanced war tactics <laughs> with scouts. I'm dead serious. With what? S- they had scouts. They had calls. They defeated the Australian government in a battle, and they couldn't even hold a weapon. So where were the ostriches when this was going on? Uh, probably on a different continent. So the ostriches just kind of stay out of it then. The ostriches are like, you know what? It's a little far to you swim know, to Australia. You guys, you guys can handle this. But then I'm going to say, I guess I'm going to go with emus. Uh, obviously, they they are battle proven. They are. Uh, they have, uh, well, they have the three toes. Uh, they are slower, but they have an extra toe. They're slower. So that's always nice. Shorter and lighter. And ostriches... And I've had ostrich meat before, like a little beef jerky stick, and it is delicious. So maybe that. I mean, based based off of what I've heard here, I think I have to go with the emus because it sounds like they have a strategy on their side. They're smaller, but I mean, the little guy can win if he's got a strategy. I mean, David beats Goliath, right? So emu it is. That's a yeah. That's actually a very a wise choice, because as as you know, the emus. They have claws on their toes, about six inches long. Hey yo, like a velociraptor. Yeah. To be they're um, they're actually pretty scary. Like those giant birds. Yeah. <laughs> so I read so I read the Johnny Cash book years ago. Okay. And I rem- remember this part in his book, his autobiography, that I no one has re- I was I didn't expect it to be in the movie, but no one has referenced that he was attacked by an ostrich. Interesting. And they're like, yeah, cut him or whatever. And so I remember reading that in the book. It sounded pretty serious, but I was like, oh, when they, in the Walk the Line, I wonder where they're going to show him being attacked by an ostrich. <laughs> um, they, for some reason, left that out. So I don't trust I don't trust those giant birds. You ever looked into a bird's eyes? They're soulless. They're soulless. So you don't know what they're thinking, and I they're, can't trust that. Their bones are hollow. How can you trust that? Yeah, I can't trust it at all. Thank you. <laughs> for taking the time to sit down with me and do this um, conversation, interview. It's kind of gone off the rails a couple times. No, dude, <laughs> we, made, we, made our own, we made our own rails. We made our own rails. And yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Um. <laughs> and you have the new single coming up on? 
October 23rd on all digital platforms through Indivision Music. Yeah, I have a new single, Bullets and Blades, same rock and roll, punk rock stuff that you've, if you've heard my music, you'll expect a little more grit, a little more, uh, a little more urgency. But yeah, it's a fun song. Looking forward to that. Thank you for yeah. your time. That was an interview I recently did with Nate Parrish. You can check out the full thing online at mattsmusic.ca. Coming up right now, we have Nathan Parrish with the song House Made of Mirrors. Oh, 
Everybody move to the beat, come on Everybody move to the beat, come on Everybody rock to the break of dawn Everybody else just sing along Everybody move to the beat, come on Everybody move to the beat, come on Everybody rock to the break of dawn Everybody else just sing along Everybody move to the beat, come on Everybody move to the beat, come on Everybody rock to the break of dawn Everybody else just When the crew's alright, rock it all night, I wanna hear you say All this time, can't get it up in my dance the night away When the crew's alright, rock it all night, I wanna hear you say All the girls and the boys, the people making noise, just let me hear you shout That was Hawk Nelson with Bring Em Out. Coming up next, we have Colony House with Leave What's Lost Behind.
don't play out Why all we hope is Is to shout the almost with fear inside our bones thank you for taking the time to listen to the show tonight if you want to stay connected between shows you can follow us over on twitter at mass music show all one word or you can go to the website massmusic.ca where you can listen to that interview that i did with nathan Parrish in its entirety where we talk about plenty of crazy things including the time that his tour was threatened with bombs and Molotov cocktails, as well as the time that he was a tattoo artist. That's all over on mattsmusic.ca. For our last song of the evening, we have the Dead South with This Little Light of Mine. Hi, now we're going to pick it up here. You ready, boys? One, two, three, four. Shine, oh, 
won't let Satan blow it out. I'm gonna let it shine. No, and won't let Satan blow it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Won't let Satan blow it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Under a bushel, no. I'm gonna let it shine. No, and hide under a bushel, no. I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Oh, let it shine till Jesus come. I'm gonna let it shine. No, and let it shine till Jesus come. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus come. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine.